I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Your company has identified issues that need updated or revised processes. But how do you find the time to make these adjustments while still maintaining the day-to-day operations? This segment has got the answers. In the second half of this episode, the conversation looks at why establishing a hiring process early on is so beneficial and how roles within your business evolve as the team grows. Small companies a lot of times don't invest in process or really just whiteboarding out their operations because it kind of feels like, you know, the car is moving so fast. We can't, we can't take a pit stop. Um, you can't move on things as it's going. So, so open question to any of you, how do you make the time to actually fix the, what's broken in the business? So I, I first started trying to focus always around sales and marketing opportunities first. I've always believed that there's not a single problem that exists that a check can't solve. So I'm always kind of pushing growth, pushing growth, pushing growth. And then while we grow, the faster we grow, it usually shakes the business a little bit and it shows you what's broken and it shows you what can be fixed. So it's more of a, an entrepreneurial hyper growth approach. It's, it's, you know, it's how we grew six consecutive years of 100% revenue growth without giving up any equity was drive for growth. And then as you grow, fix it later. So I'm more of a, a growth minded operations person than I am. I fix the systems first. Yeah, I think that's definitely important. And at the rate we're growing, we we, we always hear the, the phrase, you know, what is it, uh, building the plane as you fly or, or something along those lines. So that's definitely true for us. But I think for us, you know, processes so important because the cost of rework is just really expensive when we're trying to move this quickly um, and we're moving with a lean team. Uh, we have a super strong innovation and culture testing where we're always testing everything that we do. Um, And so without strong processes, we're not going to be able to measure our performance to see if we're actually growing, to see if the tests we're um, uh, conducting are successful. Um, And and then two, to be able to actually react and execute on that test. So, you know, I, I would say it is sometimes a I have to evangelize process and operations to teams because we um, do want to move quickly. We want to get new products out the door. But I think we've had enough case studies where we could see how not having process has really hurt um, or, you know, made people kind of burn the candles at both ends. So um, I think, you know, it's kind of getting that line and, and showing the value to the rest of the team that, hey, we can actually move faster if we slow down put process in place, document this, and then, you know, just really set ourselves up to, to be on fire. Yeah. I love what you said that the, was it making experimentation or culture of testing? That's what you said. Right. And, and testing is a way to do kind of like a minimum viable product of, of implementing some operations, you know? So if, if you can't afford for the whole business to stop, you can put little tests in place. And then if you prove the test, and you see the ROI, and then it makes sense to stop. So I love that tip. Um, 
Josh, I know that operations and hiring go hand in hand oftentimes, and you actually ran recruiting during a leadership transition. So how should growing businesses that are listening plan for who they need to hire and when? Yeah, great question. It really ties back to the North Star metrics of what you need to achieve as a business, right? What is it for different parts of your company? There's top line growth, like Cameron mentioned, is it culture related? Um, is it product related? You name it. Like That's really important for you to define early on. And then to your point, you can test over time to see how it positively or negatively affects that North Star metric. When it comes to hiring in general, um, it's really important to actually have a process from day one. Um, especially when you're small, because if you don't, one hire out of five people is 20% of your productivity, right? So if you get it wrong, the cost is massive to your business. And I think ironically for a lot of folks around hiring and people and HR functions in a traditional sense, it's actually the last place that most folks invest in, in their business, like statistically speaking, it's the last headcount to get staffed out. Um, So even if you can't afford to say, bring on full-time folks, you need to invest in that process from day one because the cost is so, so high. And it's not known until after the decision is made for months. So it's a long tail indicator of your success or not. Um, so there's a ton of resources out there. Like you, you, it's not rocket science. You can find anything you need to for how to set up your hiring process. And then what you need to hire is really dependent on, on your individual business and what you need to achieve, which again, should tie back to what's the North Star for your company. What are you, what are you trying to get to? What's the value you're trying to perceive? Yeah, great point. And I agree. People invest far too late in perfecting their hiring process. The Bureau of Labor Statistics, I think it was, says that if you if a, if a new hire doesn't work out, it's a 30% of their salary, their annual salary is the cost of what it takes just operationally to like restart that process and get someone new up to speed. So it's a massive cost if we don't pay attention to it. Uh, of course, Trainual has some great templates on how to, how to do your hiring process. Okay, so um, Margaret, Elevest I know has seen a good amount of growth over the last few years. You're over hundred employees now, right? Just about, I don't know the exact number, but. <laughs> okay, so you're right You're right around kind of the, the target growth of people watching. How, how do roles and responsibilities change as you scale over, the, you know, over that journey the last few years? And how often do you revisit them? Yeah, I would say we're constantly revisiting them. Um, so just for some context, Elevest had our first public launch MVP, November 2016, and I joined early the next year. Um, At that time, we had just one investing product with a brokerage account. We've now expanded our investing product out. I talked about the money membership. We have a whole traditional private wealth business as well. Um, And with all of these changes across the platforms, we grew our client base by almost 40 times. Um, but we only grew our employee headcount by less than four times. So I think we had about 20 people or so when I joined. And so, of course, a lot of that was intentional. It was um, really working hard to scale, put processes in place, put automations in place so that we didn't have to hire a new headcount for every X amount of clients that we brought on. Um, And so it's interesting because there's... I would say an ebb and flow to the roles and responsibilities. Someone might start out as being, you know, this uh, multi-hat wearing person who does a little bit of everything for the team. And as that team matures, expands, you know, I talked about having more investing products, um, then they actually became more specialized. 
and they go deeper into one specific um, function. And so I don't think there, at least for us, is one answer of how roles shift. It's just constantly reevaluating what direction the business is going in, what we need, uh, what might have taken like three headcounts in the past because of automations and technology maybe takes half of someone's day. And so, you know, we're just always thinking through just as we do with our actual systems and processes, looking at all of our resources, including our talent and and seeing, you know, how they are best uh, leveraged across the firm. Yeah, Cameron, I see you pumping your fist about automation. It's what Margaret said about that the, the real reason for doing automation and for systemizing anything is to really become more optimized and reduce the amount of headcount that you need. And years ago, I was coaching a company in New York and they told me one of their stated goals was to go from 100 to 180 employees. I'm like, that's stupid. Like, why do you have a goal to grow the employees? That doesn't make any sense. You know, your number one goal in your company should be your employee net promoter score. And then you have to drive towards customer net promoter score. And then your profitability and revenue can flow off those. But you need to get higher revenue per employee as you scale and higher gross margin per employee as you scale, or you're becoming less and less efficient. So what I've noticed is the ones and the threes. I don't know if anybody's heard of this number before, but companies really change at each of the one and three hurdle points. When you're one employee and you go to three, from three to 10, from 10 to 30, 30 to 100, 100 to 300, there's very distinct changes in the company's organization. And even at the revenue levels, if you go from 100,000 to 300,000 to a million to 3 million to 10 million to 30 to 100, the, the way the company scales. And I think it's important to look for kind of um, leading indicators to know that you're going to need to work through some of those systems. The other part is that most middle level managers can only handle two layers of growth, two doubles in the size of the company before they're out of a job. Well, unless they really continue to scale their skills up. But a, a manager, let's say that you're the, the director of marketing with a 50-person company, when you go to 100 people, you're now stretching yourself. When you're at 200, you're probably no longer the highest ranking marketing person in the company unless you've really worked on those marketing skills, right? So Ben Horowitz from Hard Thing About Hard Things talks about one triple. Um, Clayton Mask and I from Infusionsoft talked about the two doubles tends to be the number, but they're about the same. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you wanna connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.